This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, the meetings already, you know, just from virtual meetings, you can tell there's a different aura about this place. You know, I mean, the, the guys just, you know, uh, that, that play like a Raven, people take it to heart. And uh, there's definitely a, a standard that is set there that came from the people that came before me. So I'm looking forward to putting my head in the pile, you know, and trying to play, play like a Raven the best I can. I hope Calais Campbell plays like a Raven the best he can, but it still hurts to hear. Uh, how good are the Ravens going to be? I think solid. Um, the roster's coming back. You know, they essentially lose Hayden and Hurst. Um, the question comes, though, and it's the same question that stemmed from the Los Angeles Rams taking on the New England Patriots a couple years back in the Super Bowl, is did the Tennessee Titans finally figure out how to beat the Baltimore Ravens? Now, with that being said, I think the logical answer would be yes, absolutely, because the Titans showed that if you obviously play that zone coverage, take away the middle of the field, make Lamar Jackson beat you on the outside, they didn't have the the tools to do it last year. Now, you have Hollywood Brown going into his second year. I always say you make the most progress going into your second year. So one would say Hollywood Brown is poised for a big year. One would say right now that their offense has been upgraded a little bit. So with that being said, I expect the Baltimore Ravens to try to pick up where they finished off last year and be successful again. I look at Baltimore and I see a team that could be Kansas City in terms of knocked on the door. Mm-hmm. I look at Baltimore and I look at a team that could be, mm, we the might Rams? figure you out a little yeah. bit. You know, uh, they are what the NFL is. They they could certainly be that. They could be high flying in the team like the Jags in 2017. And then I don't think they're going to fall back that far. They have too much talent for that. But it might not go as swimmingly and smoothly as it did in 2019. You got to get lucky in this league. And from injuries to people figuring you out to being a little bit ahead of the curve, uh, were the Baltimore Ravens a bit of that? Uh, from that standpoint, how much could the Jags surprise people this year in scheme and philosophy only? See, I've been around for a dozen years, mm-hmm. and the Jags have been a team that wants to play defense, likely wants to run the ball because they've had decent running backs. They've had very good running backs, and then I don't know where you want to classify some, but I would say at least decent um, at the at the worst end. But they've had Fred. They've had Mojo. They've had Leonard Fournette over the years. I mean, that's a team that wants to run the ball. They want to play pretty physical, but they have less been less than dynamic in the passing game. They have been less than dynamic at the QB position. Mm-hmm. They arguably have been less than dynamic at the offensive coordinator position. I think they bring a guy in in Jay Gruden who wants to be pretty dynamic. Very creative, And yes. they have some parts that could allow them to do at least more of that than they've done. The question is, will teams figure that out? Will teams kind of scout the Jags, look at the Jags first of all, say, okay, well, not one of the best rosters in the league. That's one thing we know. That's that's fact. Uh, they You wouldn't rank them in the top half of the league in terms of rosters. But they would also be like, well, the Jags are this kind of team. You know, the Jags are they're gonna they're gonna play pretty good defense because we still all have 2017 defense, 18 guys in, in our mind, even though that's all been washed. Mm-hmm. And I know what the tape will say and the roster will say when you get into like the weekly planning. But I still think there's a like this mentality that people have about you mm-hmm. uh, as a football team, even if you're preparing for that team in a week. I've said this a lot about the Titans. I think people look at the tape of the Titans and be like, kind of what I feel about the Titans, like meh. I mean, it's okay, but it doesn't wow me. Yeah. And then you get in a football game and they beat the hell out of you for 60 minutes. And you're like, how did we just lose to that team like this? Yeah. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder if the Jags could be a little bit like that. But that's not the team that 
we've faced for the last dozen years. Yeah. They got a guy running around back there. They're throwing it 35 times a game instead yeah. of handing it off and just pounding it and playing play action all the time. Yeah. They're mixing up with a 3-4 defense and a 4-3 look. This isn't a simplistic defense now that we used to be able to attack and know where to attack. They're actually disguising some things. Could the Jacks surprise some people in that respect? Without a doubt, for a couple reasons. Number one, Jay Gruden, right? We've talked about Jay Gruden before on the show where his M.O. is to spread the ball around the field, right? So with that being said, yes, D.J. Chark is the one receiver going forward, but guess what? D.D. Westbrook's going to get a lot of looks. Chris Conley's going to get a lot of looks. Chenault's going to get a lot of looks. Like, he is going to spread the ball around, you know? And when you can do that, that gives you the benefit of game planning against who you're going against, right? Like, for instance, if you're the Houston Texans, you're throwing the ball to Hopkins, okay? Like, that's what he did last year. It doesn't matter who is covering him. doesn't matter if it's double coverage. Like, Hopkins, nine times out of ten, is getting the ball. But what you have with the Jacksonville Jaguars is, yes, you have the pro bowler and DJ Chark, but you have a wide receiving core who is relatively maybe unknown a little bit, maybe unassuming, but they can all get the job done. And when you can do that and then you combine it with Gruden's psyche of spreading the ball out, you can do a lot of interesting things. To me, the biggest thing that the Jacksonville Jaguars have done uh, this offseason of getting them ready for maybe some new looks on offense and try to give defensive coordinators nightmares is that they were not able to trade away Leonard Fournette. Because I think if they were able to trade away Leonard Fournette, well, then what do you have in the backfield, Brent? You know, who you bring to the table? You bring in Rock Armstead, who is essentially unproven. And if I was a defensive coordinator, I, I would be – I wouldn't stack the box. I would say, you know what? Rock Armstead doesn't scare me. I'm going to let Gardner Minshew try to beat me. You know, and I'm going to I'm going to ease guys off a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to blitz that much. I'm going to see if Gardner Minshew is in fact the real deal, just like the national media wants to see right now, right? Just like everybody wants to see. If I'm a defensive coordinator, I do the exact same thing. But to me, ironically, the X factor is, and this guy's only going to be here for one more year, is Leonard Fournette, because Leonard Fournette, regardless of if you're a Jaguars fan, what you think about him. When you're sitting in those defensive, you know, meetings, those defensive coordinators at the board, I guarantee you when they talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars, Leonard Fournette is still a game wrecker, and you have to address it. So now you have Leonard Fournette who you have to account for. That opens things up for Gardner Minshew. So to answer your question, Brent, can the Jaguars be more dynamic? Can they be kind of take teams by surprise a little bit? Absolutely, because I think teams are underestimating Gardner Minshew, number one, and number two, they think it's going to be the Leonard Fournette show once again. Yeah, and if you think I'm a little crazy in the questioning, I, like, I understand it. It's like, okay, Brent, well, by the time they play him in October, they'll have seen tape, they know who they are, all this stuff. Yeah, but there's always this mentality. There's this subconscious, and that's what I was bringing up with Houston. I'm sorry, Tennessee. I also bring it up because Calais kind of brought it up with, with Baltimore. Baltimore, what do you envision? You envision smash-mouth football. Correct. You envision this tough Ray Lewis type. Ozzie Newsom built this team. They're physical. They're going to beat you up in that yeah. AFC North. Well, they didn't envision a guy that could be electric. They didn't envision Hollywood Brown that could beat you 80 yards down the field. And that's really what became dynamic for Baltimore last year. People didn't expect it. They didn't really – yes, you, you put Lamar Jackson in a 40 time. They understand he's fast. But are they really going to unleash it? You know, if you look at New England, what do people give New England credit for? Well, they got Belichick, so they got to figure out a way to win games. You see what I'm saying about the yep. subconscious of teams? That happens. I'm not saying all teams have it, but a lot of teams do. Well, guess what the Jaguars have? Guess what the Cleveland Browns have? We're going to do a schedule thing in a little bit. And as you write Cleveland down, you're like, oh, that's oh, Cleveland. No. That's not the Cleveland you've known for 15 years. <laughs> Cleveland now becomes one of the most dangerous teams offensively in the NFL. On paper, they are. They should be. They are pretty dangerous last year as well. I get it. Fair. But I'm just saying, it's not the Cleveland 
we would say, oh, Cleveland, okay. Easy win. It's not that anymore. It's no, not. not even no, close. But the Jags are that. Yeah. The Jags have been that. That's why the Jags maybe took some people by surprise in 17, because they finally did something, even though they looked like they might have some talent. There's well, not a lot of trust that the Jags can do that. And that's why I think they have a little bit of a sneak-up ability, if you will, in I the like NFL. It. The Jags could possibly do that. Now, does that mean they're going to go to the playoffs? That means they're going to win 12 games? No, no, no. But it's unusual to have that in professional sports. And I think the Jags might have a little little bit of that especially in the first half of the year let me ask you this though like and like you said we're going to break down the uh, the schedule we think is going to happen in, in a little bit here but as you go top to down for the, the the teams that the jaguars play on the road and at home what teams can you hardly look at right now on paper and say oh yeah that, that, that should be a pretty easy win for the jacksonville jaguars well to be honest with you, the way the Jags are built, I don't think it's fair to say uh that that's easy for any of them mm-hmm. i do think vegas is a little crazy by saying they're an underdog in every game. I, I would say, if I look at the Detroit Lions, I think you got one heck of a fighting chance to beat the Lions. They were 3-13 and 13 last year. I think if you look at Cincinnati, you got a heck of a chance to beat Cincinnati. If I look at Houston and Tennessee and even Indy, and Indy, by the way, I think is the best team and the hardest team to beat on paper right now. But if Phillip Rivers isn't that good, I can make a case for it. And... Going back to my subconscious, the Jags have always played well against Indianapolis. As much as they haven't played well against Tennessee, and we're all in our own heads about Tennessee down here, well, we feel differently about Indianapolis. The Jags, even when they haven't been good, have performed well against the Indianapolis Colts. So I just gave you, what, maybe five, six, seven games that I could see. Now, there's a lot of coin flips in there. But let me answer the other side of your question, because I think that's what you're getting at. I view four games that I would say, listen, Brent, you are about as sunshine and rainbows as you can be. You believe in Minshew. You yeah. believe the roster's a little bit better than people think. You believe some of this philosophical and scheme change might work more than people think. Mm-hmm. But you're out of your damn mind if you think they're going to Green Bay and winning in Lambeau Field. You're out of your dang mind if you think they're going out to West and beating the Chargers because you can't p- play out West. I mean, what is there to give me confidence that you can play out West? And I know the quarterback situation doesn't scare me, but the rest of that roster is pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. I go to Baltimore, I say, come on now. You're in a different league than Baltimore right now. Class Campbell getting ready to do uh, something it's just, fierce. It's yeah. a different, I can't sit here and tell you that I feel good about them going to Baltimore and I'd give them well, a chance to win what? right now. The way Brent's talking right now, no bro, no drug test for Brent Marno today. Not today. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one I put in that category, believe it or not, because I think on paper they have been a very good team. They've proven it. They don't get the. Uh, they probably don't get put in that elite categories of the Green Bay's, the New England's, the Ravens, even now, or the Chiefs. But Minnesota, Minnesota's mm. been a very good team. Yep. To, to put the Jaguars to go on the road at Minnesota and think they'll win that game, I think even with all the sunshine and rainbows and positivity that I have. I don't think so. You know, I, I can't say that. So I've identified four games where I really think it's hard to to figure the Jags will win. The Chargers, Baltimore, Minnesota, and at Green Bay. And Green Bay could really depend on what time of year it is. But still, at Green Bay is at Green Bay, and that's going to be a difficult one. So I say four games that, man, you can roll that ball out there ten times and I'm not picking the Jags to win. I won't. Mm-hmm. All the rest, I could talk myself into it. Let's see how the teams are playing. Nobody scares the heck out of me that much. But there are some tough games. I mean, listen, Cleveland's offense can be dynamic. Pittsburgh's defense, and if Ben Roethlisberger comes back, <laughs> heck of a tough matchup. But don't you feel good about the Jags against Pittsburgh? Yeah. Right? Another one of those teams that you feel pretty good about. So, and tennis, um, listen, you, you're never gonna, I'm never going to respect Tennessee the way I should. 
But until the Jags can beat Tennessee and prove that they can beat them, that's yeah. a problem spot around here. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so anyway, to answer your question, I think there are four games that I would say, nah, I don't think so. But I also think there are three or four games that I feel really good. Oh, Miami's on that list, by the way, okay. as well, uh, th- that I feel good about. Like, okay. I just don't think the Jags are getting enough credit against teams like that. Miami, Cincinnati, Detroit, and even some of their own division games that the Jags are going to win a couple of division games even at worst. They'll yeah. win two of them. Uh, I don't know if they can get three or four, but I don't think they're getting swept, and I think they win more than one. See, when we're talking about the most ideal schedule here for the Jacksonville Jaguars, this is what drives me crazy. We kind of talked about it before the show a little bit. But I can sit here and say the Jaguars should have a really great chance to beat the Miami Dolphins, okay? Because are you going to have Fitzmagic? you have two? We don't know yet, depending when you play, obviously, and stuff like that. But the, the Dolphins, like, you can easily beat them, and, and I can understand that. But to sit here and say, and you know, obviously the Bengals, too, new quarterback Joe Burrow, like, yeah, you had a good chance of beating the Bengals. He did it last year. Okay, great. But to sit here and say, like, for instance, last year, okay, the power rankings. Ravens were... I think 22nd. Yeah, you said that. And then in the preseason. That's wild. Okay. San Francisco was even higher than that. Okay. So. Yeah, they were 3 and 13 the year prior. Yeah, no, for sure. And you know who's number one? The Patriots. Of okay. Uh, I think Titans Patriots were. Patriots like, probably number one this year. I think the Titans are like 24. So my point is, I can sit here and say, well, I hope the Jaguar schedule works out like this. But I can't sit here and honestly say, I don't know how the Chargers are going to be this year. Okay. Like, on paper. Tyrod Taylor does not scare me, okay? And I probably would have told you last year, on paper, Teddy Bridgewater for the New Orleans Saints coming in does not scare me. True. You know what, though? He scared a lot of people. He scared the Jacksonville Jaguars. He won the ball game. So I can sit here and say, yes, the, 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 these games, you know, some of these games, I, and I get it's the West Coast, but the Chargers, I mean, should we be scared of them? I don't know, man, but all I know is there's every single year, there's always a constant of the fact that teams are going to surprise you. Whether it's the Chargers, whether it's the Browns, there's going to be teams on this schedule that you think are going to be easy pushovers and spoiler alert. Never I'm going to tell you it's not going to happen. Yeah, because listen, it's a league where six teams don't make the playoffs from the year before. Mm-hmm. You know, people make fun of and, and talk about mock drafts, stupid exercise, grading yeah. the draft. Stupid exercise. You want to know what the most stupid exercise really is? We're talking about right Predicting now. wins and losses in yeah. the NFL. Because we know it's a league that changes. It does exactly what you just said. The top teams sometimes finish in the bottom. Yeah. Six teams that made the playoffs a year prior always are out. Yeah. We have no idea. It's the league of parity most of the time. Yeah. And, yes, with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick against the weak AFC East, you could predict that they would go pretty deep. They mm. would be pretty good. Dude, can I predict with the Chiefs offense, and people still can't match that on paper, it's a video game, that they're going to be at least pretty good even if things don't go great? Mm. Yeah, probably. There's some of those teams. But in the middle of all that, there are all these teams that nobody knows what's going to happen with, and that's the nature of the NFL. This really could be the dumbest exercise we do all year is trying to predict wins and losses. Yeah. But that's okay. It's well, fun. No, that's what we do in sports radio. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because w- when I came in here and we're talking about draft grades, I said I don't believe in draft grades. I think it's a stupid thing because the players haven't, you know, got on the field yet. And you told me to get off my high horse. Talk about a high horse here. We're, we're trying to give you what we think is going to happen in the season with the record, and we have no idea what these teams are capable of. Like, will the Texans rebound with losing Hopkins? You know what, Brent? Seriously? And you, you say it. You know, and obviously injuries are a big thing. But if that Texan, Texans receiving core can stay healthy, and it's a big question mark. But if they can, 
Yeah, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. Why wouldn't they be successful? And guess what? You just upgraded at running back. If they so, click on offense, it so, could be good. So why wouldn't you be optimistic about that? You know what I'm saying? So it's hard, you know, to say, well, that's a, that's a win. That's a, you, number one, you don't know, but number two, it's just you see the on paper the rosters. And it's not what you think, man. It's always going to surprise you. All right, coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, not going to break just yet, but coming up, we're going to continue a little bit of NFL schedule talk. I have one question. What game would you like to see in prime time if there is one? Uh, which of all of them? Uh, not the Titans. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Not the Titans. Yeah. Titans are not allowed as an oh, answer. And trust me, I, my fingers, I don't want to say my fingers are crossed, but if the Titans... Thursday night game happens again. I got some videos already chalked up. I bet you do. You already did one a couple days ago. I've got two fake schedules that I made up. I think you have one ready to go. Yeah. Almost. Kuz is going to put them out there. Hopefully, uh, if we can do this in the next 20 minutes or so. But we're going to get a look, and we'll keep it going all the way through the night and into tomorrow. What is the ideal schedule for the Jags? Will you sign up for any of these? And by the way, we kind of just took, we're taking guesses here. No idea. You can help shape the schedule too. If you had your pick, if you could make it for the Jags, would you put division games later? Would you put a lot of home games early? Would you uh, put the softer games at least that looks like early? How would you do it? Um, So we'll get to that in just a couple minutes. I want to get to this topic. Again, a little bit last dance related. In the last dance, Michael Jordan talks about Social responsibility. Yeah. You know, they bring you back to 1990 and the political ramifications and how he did not get involved in that and said Republicans buy sneakers, too, which, by the way, is a fantastic line, especially if you're in business. Yeah. But he no doubt cared about his branding on the court, his game on the court and his branding and dollars off the court more than making a big stance one way or another that was going to ruffle feathers. Part of being clean. Yeah. Uh, th- if he doesn't do that, does he have does the be like Mike commercial ever get made? You know, uh, because now you're stepping into a different stratosphere. Yeah. How do you feel about players that t- take stances, don't take stances, but especially when you release, release, uh, reach iconic stage like Tiger, like Muhammad Ali, like um, Michael Jordan, yeah. those kind of guys. Is it their responsibility to do so? It's only your responsibility if you believe in it. Okay. I watched, you know, last Sunday the, those uh, those two last dances, those episodes, and a big thing I took away from Michael Jordan saying, like, he, yeah, he didn't want to be political, all right? He he didn't want to play that game. Um, he wanted to focus on basketball. It made me appreciate LeBron James even more, okay? Like, and and Brent, you're you're, you're on the LeBron James bandwagon, man. You've been spearheading that thing now for the past year and a half. You're a big LeBron guy, as am I. And I think when you look at LeBron James. And the landscape right now of professional sports, what that dude's been able to do with his platforms, Brent, and to remain squeaky clean of all the Twitter hate on him and just all the media. I mean, dude, it's I don't want to say it's Michael Jordan-esque, but James is a big guy, man, right? Like, Braun is, he's a big deal. And he's used his platform for very righteous causes, right? And... I come from the standpoint of if you do that stuff, fantastic, man. Try to make a, the world a better place. You know, M- make it a better place walking out than it, when, you, when you did going in. I'm all for it, but it has to be genuine because we also live in a society, and let's not lie to ourselves here. We live in a society where we do nice things, we volunteer, we give to charity, 
but we do it so people can see us do it. Yeah, right? yeah. We do it so we can post it on Instagram yeah. and on Twitter and on Facebook because we crave the attention. That's okay? why I do it. I'm just <laughs> Brent's really taunting himself right, right but, now. No, but what I really, but I do say about this now. I just got a little footnote there. You can, I say right? I don't care why you do something good at the end of the day, yeah. but you're right about that. Yeah. But I also don't care why you do something good sure. if you did something good. No, and here's the thing though, you can do something great, okay? And you can want um, all the the accolades that can come with that. You can make it known in the entire world, like, hey, look what I did. Now praise me. That's fine, because at the end of the day, you know what? You still made a, a better difference for for the good, you know, not for the bad. But not being genuine, Brent, it doesn't give you the motivation to keep pressing forward. You do it once, and that's it. It's hard to motivate someone when their heart's not into it, okay? So that, that's why, like with LeBron James, man, he's building schools. He's helping inner cities. You know, he's he's bringing, um, um, you know, obviously, like, the whole racial awareness and social justice to the limelight okay he's doing all that you know why he's doing that not because so he can get some more twitter followers not because he can go on you know cnn or abc talk to barbara walters no man he's doing it because he believes in it and when you believe in it man that makes all the difference in the world so once again i don't fault michael jordan for not taking a stand on politics for not taking a stand on social issues because his heart wasn't in it all right his heart was in basketball Fantastic, Michael Jordan. You know what? Good for you for stay true to your staying true to yourself. That's a teaching lesson on itself. But if there are athletes out there that want to, you know, get involved and want to, you know, bring their passion to the forefront, then by all means do it, man. Just make sure it's genuine. Yeah, listen, I don't. I really, I agree with you in the sense that I don't think these guys have to do it because then yeah. you're putting on a show. And you're doing it because some PR person told you to do it. And you don't feel it. And it's not genuine. And that means you can't defend it if things go wrong. And you can't be passionate about it. And I think sooner or later that shows up if you really don't really want to do it. Uh, so uh, this this was a huge criticism of Tiger Woods. The, he had global icon status. And he did not get involved in those things. And did he do it for selfish purposes? Probably. Did he do it because he was 19 or 20, 21 years old, too? Maybe. It's a lot to ask of a 19-year-old kid. Absolutely. Yeah. And could he have changed more? Yeah, probably. But Muhammad Ali was so great in that sense that he almost made it unfair for all these others that have followed. Well, you know, yeah. because now everybody has been not everybody, but those kind of players, especially the minority players, African-American players, have been tasked with that responsibility. Mm -hmm. And... I, I just don't think if it's not in your DNA to do it, don't fake it. That's the big thing for me because it will get you in trouble down the road uh, if, if you don't really feel it, if you're not willing to take the risks. Yeah. LeBron is cool like that. You know, I don't necessarily think you have to agree with everything LeBron, LeBron does, but he's also not afraid to put himself out there a little bit. And he's made enough money and he's going to always have money, but it's about legacy and things. And he's a pretty squeaky clean guy, stays out of the papers for the wrong reasons, those kind of things. But he's not afraid to go out there. So he feels it. He feels it. It's, it's authentic. It's genuine. And uh, I think there's something to be said for a guy that does do it. But I got no problem with someone who doesn't. And here's the problem where if you do do it, then you're going to have followers and you're going to have followers who are all in with you. And if you're not genuine, if your heart's not into it, then you're essentially you're lying to people. Right. You're, you're leading this parade where they're, they're all buying in, but you're not buying yourself. Like I, 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 I compare it to like Colin Kaepernick. OK. Think whatever you want about Colin Kaepernick. 
And people can say it was a uh, as a ploy by Nike to try to you know generate more money. I'll tell you what though, Colin Kaepernick's still out in the streets making his community better. Colin Kaepernick's still you know donating a lot of money, a lot of his time and effort. It's one thing to donate money. Everyone's got money, man. But to donate your time and effort, so that leads me to believe that Colin Kaepernick actually believes in his causes. And guess what? We saw it firsthand, Brent. When the whole Kaepernick thing went down, when he took a knee, there was two sides to it. There was the side that was all in on Colin Kaepernick. There was the side that was on Facebook saying, yes, Colin Kaepernick, you do your thing, bring awareness, please keep doing you. And you know what? And they suffered some ridicule. And then there was the other side that said, "Don't what, what is he doing? He's, des- he's desecrating the flag. He's not an American. He should be ashamed of himself. And I'm not going to say which side's right or wrong, but all I'm going to say is there was a line on the sand, okay? And the people that followed Kaepernick, well, guess what? They're going to follow him to the end of time now, man. All right? Like, he, he made that much of an influence. The difference is what I'm trying to say is he was genuine about it. He was passionate about it. If you're going to lead a cause, if you're going to be passionate about something, then be passionate about something. But don't have a facade. Don't say, well, I'm going to do it because it makes my PR look good. You don't want to do that, man, because people are going to follow you, and it's going to be for the wrong reason. And Kaepernick, by the way, could uh, discourage a lot of people from doing it going forward because mm-hmm. the ramifications run deep. Yeah. Uh, the risks are deep in doing that. But I also think part of the reason Kaepernick has not been back in the NFL, part of it now, might be some of his own doing, mm-hmm. might be some of the teams in the NFL doing. We can debate that uh, as well. But I think part of it is because he probably still feels like he will take a knee he will continue that protest if he were to come back and i'm not sure teams are comfortable with that answer you know so it's not like hey okay i moved on he's not willing to do that so from that standpoint he probably still believes in that cause it makes you wonder this too see kaepernick is from a celebrity standpoint he's now huge but this made him huge it wasn't the nfl that made him huge i mean he's already big he is big enough because he's a quarterback the nfl was was a platform it was a platform Mm -hmm. what if lebron james had done it as in, like, take a knee? And, and spear, what if LeBron James had spearheaded the, the Kaepernick kind of movement? Yeah. It'd be, I'll say this right now, it'd be a very different world that we're living in. I, you wonder. Um, I think it would. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, or, or would he have taken a big hit? You know, would, would the Lakers be willing to sign him? Would All those things. I don't yeah. know. It, it, you just don't know. I mean, that's an unanswerable question, really, yeah. what the ramifications would have been. I also say this: If I was a PR, per- you better really believe in this day and age, because oh, the, people, people will call you on a second. Well, the polarization of of our politics mm-hmm. right now, even it wasn't like that when Jordan was coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, even when Tiger was coming up, it wasn't this polarized. Yep. So you really better believe, because everything's going to get political in one nature yeah. or another. How, how ironic is it, man, that we live in 2020? And as far as an athlete, your causes sometimes you can't even be yourself because you're afraid of the social interaction with it. And it comes back to money at the end of the day. A lot of it, image, money, legacy, family stuff, things that you have to put up with and and not just concentrate on the sport. Uh, It it brings in a whole different realm. Uh, No doubt we saw that a little bit with Michael Jordan in the last dance. We come back, uh, talk a little bit more Jags. Hey, who would you name captain of the Jags? And also what a schedule could look like for the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is just, just guessing now. It's on ESPN 690 next. Suddenly, if the, the NCAA no longer is a governing body, 
Does that mean we're going to let uh, Georgia and Florida make their own decisions for everything they want to do as a school while we let Texas and Oklahoma make a different set of decisions? And then how will we keep any sort of a standardization through it? And when tough issues come up, who are we going to blame? There's got to be somebody. Like, we talk about Roger Goodell all the time, but the best thing about Roger Goodell with the NFL is that he makes us forget that ultimately the owners make these decisions. We don't ever blame the owners because it's so much easier to blame Roger Goodell, the very person that is paid for by the owners. There's a scapegoat. That's Jason Fitz. You can hear him 1 to 3 p.m. First take your take right here on ESPN 690. And he usually joins us uh, weekly here at 4 o'clock on Tuesdays. Jason Fitz talking about college football versus the NFL there in that respect. And uh, college football right about now, are they missing a commissioner more than ever? Yeah. <laughs> Right about now. Uh, or doubt, will it man. benefit them to be able to kind of go rogue yeah. uh, if need be yep. instead of one governing body? I think that will be a very interesting thing as we look at the college football side of this as we get closer and closer to the fall. Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Coos here on a Wednesday edition of Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. You okay? Did you see what the Chargers did no. with the Jaguars? What they do? Scroll, Scroll over then. That's Miles in those putrid mustard. Scroll beauties. over. Pop tarts, toasted, frosted, bruised banana. They, they just released that. Yeah. Because of, like, of like their opponents or whatever like uh, that. So they're, they're making fun of the jerseys as pop tarts. Interesting. And needless to say, the Jaguars did not get a compliment from the from Los Angeles I Chargers. I wonder what the Jaguars will have because the NFL, I think, encouraged this for a time. Remember, that's how who's your, the, um, DeAndre Hopkins is your daddy. Yeah, stuff yeah. <laughs> with Jalen Ramsey came about, and then they didn't like it. All yeah. of a sudden, then they wanted to shut off because they became buddies, Ramsey yeah. and Hopkins. Uh, but it started because when the NFL released its schedule, I think it tasked teams using a baby theme. Yep. And so that's how it started. There was another theme recently, oh, what do you mean? too. Uh, there was tons of themes. The Jaguars last year, remember, it was like the game show with Josh Lambeau game and show. Scobie. That's right. That's right. Um, and it was like an infomercial kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What would you theme it this year? If you could set it up, that's a great on the question. spot question. I mean, it's got to be like Tiger King, right? Like, is that's, that's kind of like the easy answer. I feel like it's pop culture. Uh, I forgot all about that. Like, are, are we gonna see? Are we doing food and breakfasts? Well, especially like, well, with times like this, though. I mean, can you can you do like those crazy creative things? I, I assume so. You know, I it doesn't take that many fine. people. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, you know I what? Think, I'm, I'm think excited going for that. With breakfast cereal, like food. Well, this is what the, the the Chargers were doing. We'll see. Yeah. Well, they all would have to do it. Like, no, no. Remember last year? Oh, you it was get completely to pick different. your own. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Because <clears throat> last it year, it wasn't like, across the board. Everybody did. No, babies. last year okay. was um, like I think the Panthers were like the, the video game, like the Techno Bowl. The Jaguars were the infomercial. Like everyone had their own little. That's thing, right. Okay. Their own little niche. Good reminder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. well, then you're right. Maybe they're doing this. I wonder if they will have that this year. Yeah. I wonder amidst all this other, there's been so much other stuff going on. The creativity. Did they lose a little bit of that in the last couple months mm-hmm. because of COVID-19 or not? Um, or did they have more time to think about it? Yeah. <laughs> but needless to say, like it sucks though, right? Because the Chargers are making fun of the Jaguars jerseys. And what, what are we gonna say? Like, have you seen those Chargers jerseys? I know. I'm not, I'm not, of course, I'm not mad at jerseys, but yes. Yeah, but still, like, what are you going to say about the Chargers, man? Oh, is there anything more frustrating when a team claps that you, you can't clap back because you got nothing for them? Yeah, that's the worst. Like, what are you going to say? Happen with Tyrod Taylor, I, I guess? Once, I don't know. I once uh, tweeted the Atlanta Hawks mm-hmm. asking if I could be their social media manager, yeah. and they responded no, and so many people started like, Trying to back me to be the social media nice. manager for the Hawks that they blocked me. Ouch. There you go. That's a win. I took it as a that win. That is a win. 
All right. If you get one, you, you could have told me that you want to do that because I know the media relations guy from the Atlanta Hawks. Can I get on blocks? I used to, no. I used to do. I'll, I'll talk to him. I used to do blogs for him actually when I played for the Jaguars. The, Long story short, the um, primetime games has not been a thing here in Jacksonville a lot. Who, who are you talking about? Uh, they have what? Uh, usually get one Thursday nighter. Mm. Even coming up the 17th season, I'll, I think there might have been two. Primetime games? Yeah. So it's been Monday. Well, oh, and then it got, it got flexed. It got flexed. We got two and it got flexed. Steelers, right? Dragon Steelers? I don't take this as personal as other fans. P- fans Why, love the primetime. Why, though, I, Brent? I don't. It's I just good. don't. But it's good for the city. Like, you should take it personal. It, 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 it's, it's a, and listen, don't get me wrong. Do the Jaguars deserve a primetime game this year? Well, every team gets one. But do, do, do they deserve more than one? I'd probably say probably not. By the way, there was years. a thing before where it used to be every team had to have a Thursday night game. That's not the case anymore. Yeah, it doesn't every team have gets to a, be. Every team gets a primetime game, I believe. Yeah. I just think, listen, it, it's good for the city. Okay? It's good for the city. It's good for getting the brand out there. Like, you should want to have primetime games here. You should take offense to it when primetime games aren't brought up. Just like you should take offense to it when the Jaguars have a draft pick and it goes to commercial. Just my opinion. <laughs> yes. I'm serious. No, I'm, Just, I, you think I'm kidding, but I'm actually serious, though. When are we going to get a tough-minded group around here? When do we start I mean, getting some respect, I, I guess? I mean, this Dude, is why we can't beat the Titans. What, what? This is why the Titans kick our ass. Is this is why Dana White called us weak. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But why? why don't you want respect, man? Like what, because I don't think playing at eight o'clock you? versus four o'clock or one o'clock is you, respect. You, I don't, you, no, you don't think a primetime game—the only game in the NFL at night, whether it's Monday, to put the Thursday away, but whether it's Sunday night or Monday night—you think that makes a difference between viewership, between branding? Oh, it yeah. absolutely it, does, man. It, it, it does make a difference, but it's—you can argue around here, man. It's hurt to the Jaguars nationwide. They've sucked it up so many times on prime time that they get the label or they get the freaking Titans game all the time. Listen, I'm just saying I'm not saying the Jaguars deserve five primetime games because they don't after last season. All I'm saying is that if you're a Jaguars fan, you should be upset when you have one Thursday night game against the Tennessee Titans. If you're a Jaguars fan, you should be upset when they cut to commercials because, in my opinion, it's disrespecting the team. And I guarantee a lot of players in the locker room would agree with me. That's that diva. Uh, player mentality right there coming out. No, nah, man, it's just hey, it's like I want to be. I want to do my sack hey, dance in prime please, time for all my buddies in California. Please forgive to me. See. Please forgive me for wanting the best for the city that I live in in Jacksonville, Florida. Please forgive me that I want to put Jacksonville, Florida on the map, and I want the entire country to take note. Sorry for wanting that. My, my my bad. The entire country took note in 2017. Why? Not because they played in a primetime game, because they won freaking football games. Win at 1 o'clock, win at 9.30 in London, win at 8 o'clock in Nashville, Tennessee. Just win football games, and then we don't have to worry about this. Agree or disagree, man. Anyway, which game would you like in primetime? I give you one, because we know we don't get more than that around here. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you telling? Um... <sighs> Which game do I want in prime time? Good question. Well, obviously I want a home game, right? I mean, that's well, the point. Yes. Yeah. After you, after that little rant of yours, of you course. better get a home game now. So what game do I want? You know what? There's some beauties on here, by the way. You well, got Green the... Bay. You have Pittsburgh. No, but it's a home game, though. You're, oh, you're sorry, Green Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Would uh, you take Green Bay on the road in prime time? Obviously, Brent. We're, we're going to do a little tailgate in the parking lot, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But do you think that has a chance, actually, to for, if you talk about profile sure. and, and prime time, you talk about at Green Bay, yep. Lambeau Field, yep. go beat Aaron Rodgers' butt yep. up there. Yep. That's a nice little victory. Nice little victory, nice little vacation for us. I'm going to go with this one, though. Um, 
the Cleveland Browns at home. I like that for a primetime game. Baker Mayfield, I, you know, the guy's everywhere. you got a, a high-powered offense, supposedly, with the Cleveland Browns. A, a lot of known players, obviously. And, you know, you got Gardner Minshew at home. I, I like the Browns for a primetime game, if I had it my way. Now, you know dang well the NFL is going to shove the Tennessee Titans down our throat for a Thursday night game. Brent's going to actually celebrate it because he doesn't care about the city of Jacksonville. So he's probably <laughs> going to get on his sunshine and rainbow and go, oh, hey, Titans, sweet, come back to Jacksonville. I like it. And I'm going to absolutely lose my mind over this, but it is what it is. No, I don't think uh, – well, I, I can't you say the Titans. Say it. Say, it. Oh. say it right now. Say you no. guarantee the Titans and Jaguars will not be a Thursday night game. I hope not. If I have to see Steve <laughs> Lehman on another Thursday night, I'm going to be – really pissed <laughs> but uh, our buddy from uh, Nashville oh, yeah, he's good that dude. comes on uh, it's a great thought though I, I wouldn't I don't know if I want uh, the Jags at Lambeau I don't think they do that first no. of all it, it, it's gonna be Bears at Lambeau or something like yeah, that it'll be it's, something more like they have so many opponents that are going to register yeah exactly if you will. Yep. Uh, so but Pittsburgh again, man, to rekindle that thing, to go back and show 2017, then beating them twice, to go back and show 2007 and what they've done uh, in the past against Pittsburgh, what they did on a Monday night, I think, with Rasheen Mathis, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. uh, with the pick. I, I think those, I think that game would be valuable in prime time. Now, what Jags fans will be afraid of, if fans are allowed in, yeah. is seeing again. Pittsburgh, who travels well everywhere, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh infiltrating the stadium here in Jacksonville, and I think everybody will have a complex of, hey, look how many Pittsburgh feel it, sta- uh, Steelers fans there are in Jacksonville. What about this one? This actually could work to the Jaguars' benefit. Dolphins, Jaguars. I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking like week one, week two. I'm talking later on in the season when Tua could be the starter. Because now you have Tua Tungaviola, young promising quarterback. You have Gardner Minshew, young promising quarterback, state of Florida. There's some storylines there. Yeah, I don't mind it. Especially it's a, a team it's you can probably one. beat. Yeah. Like you're saying, the Cleveland thing is interesting. It's not gonna. If I'm an exec, I'm not looking at Jacksonville, Cleveland, even with Cleveland, some of the talent in Minshew. And maybe but especially they, in does, Jacksonville does too. Does Minshew help? He should. I mean, if you're going to trot him out there with Uncle Rico, you know, for NFL Network, absolutely you should help. I would think so. Absolutely. Listen, if we're being completely honest, Jags have very little marketability in terms of their players. Very little. <sighs> Give me a star. I mean, I'm going to say Josh Allen, but, you know, but the, the world doesn't this know Josh Allen yet. This is not a knock against him. I'm going to say no. outside of the city limits. Yeah, I know. Give me a star outside of Minshew. Minshew is the only guy. The only one. And you're right. Josh Allen. Yeah, a little bit. But it's, Four, it's also but, the same name as the Bills quarterback, which I can't stand. We're overlooking the fact that Fournette is more of a star than anybody around here actually wants to admit. But he still isn't, hey, NFL, this is Leonard. You know, I'm putting special opens and all this stuff around Leonard Fournette. Yeah. No, Minshew is the only guy that's marketable on this team yeah. from that standpoint. Now, they have such young players, mm-hmm. that's part of it. Uh, DJ Chark could become games, that. Bro. Josh Allen could become that. That's why yeah, I need listen, primetime games, bro. You're not alone in that thought because I've talked to Calais about this and others, and they believe it. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe believes he didn't make Pro Bowls sometimes in the past because he wasn't on primetime enough. Look no further, Brent. You said it's just win games. Don't worry about it. Guess what? The Jaguars in 2017 went to the AFC Championship game. Do you know what percentage of the country could pronounce Yannick Ngakwe's name? 
a very small percentage. Yeah, about eight. Uh, what's the percentage yeah. of Jacksonville? A, a, a very small percentage. <laughs> but that's my point, man. Like, you, you saw him for a couple. You saw him against the Patriots. You saw him against the Steelers. But nobody still knows who these players are, Brent. That's why I'm so adamant about getting the Jaguars primetime games. It helps. Yeah, you are. It yeah, helps. Hey, hey, look at your uncle just uh, chimed in and said, wow, Austin just destroyed Brent in his primetime game argument. How can you say primetime games are important for exposure? I didn't say they weren't important for exposure. I yep. know there's more eyeballs on it. Ask mm. Josh Scobie if he liked that uh, exposure up in Pittsburgh. There's more eyeballs on it. I understand it. I'm just saying I don't care about him as much as you do. I mean, you, you kind of called me soft a little bit. You did some you of that stuff, soft. too. But, you, you know, well, we hey, are. let's let's, 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 let's no, put no, it no. You're soft in the sense that you don't get enough of them. You're soft in the sense no, that you go to commercial every time the Jaguars have a draft pick. Brent, That's it's, soft nature. Dude, I'm not soft. I, okay, man. Listen, I, I said in my piece about the commercials, okay? I think it's disrespectful because this isn't a fact of, well, the Jaguars aren't a good football team. Well, guess what? We know that. That's why they have two picks in the top 20. So reward us, put us on TV so we can talk about the Jaguars getting better. They didn't do that. And I'm not soft because I want teams, I want primetime games here in Jacksonville. Once again, I just want it for the city, man. It's better to have primetime games than not have primetime games. Yeah, I guess. But, 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 but I'm soft. A little bit. But I'm soft because I want to help my city But out. you really know a hell of a lot about bees if that makes you feel better. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, that's why I want to hear from we you. We ready to roll with this thing? Yeah. Alright, let's put it up. We got Here's what we did. We put three test schedules up. We have no idea. Let me preface this, okay, and be crystal clear. This is not a leak. Mm-hmm. We have no idea if the Jaguars are playing this schedule. We just came up with some schedule ideas. See if you like them. And when I nail this thing 16 for 16, I just want you to know I'm going to brag about it forever. Oh, let me see what we got here. And we didn't put the primetime game up. We didn't do that. Oh, no, no. I yeah, didn't we didn't either. pick the primetime game here. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, Kuz is putting that up right now. Tell us what you think. And what we're going to do is we'll, oh. we'll, we'll tweet this out. What's well, the matter? You, you cheated then. Why did I cheat? The third one. Well, I, I changed it around. I'll tell you why. Well, okay. Well, well I just want it to be reasonable if that's well, the report well, out there. Well, the fix is in. Well, first of all, my first one on the left okay. is, is my first Review of the schedule. You're dang right it is. That's it. Okay. The second one is yours. Correct. The third one I had done different just to give a third option. Yes. And then uh, then uh, Submarine Mike said that John Clayton kind of uh, said that it looks like or sounds like teams will play the opposite conference first off. Well, I thought this was a good way to tweak it because there's a lot of people that suspect mm-hmm. that the divisional games could be later in the year as well. Mm-hmm. So I re- kind of redid that one. To put the four NFC games yeah. in front, like Clayton's saying, yep. and also the last eight games, you'd be heavily loaded with AFC South games. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, this isn't about us getting it right. It's more about do you? What do you think of him? Yeah. What do you like? What do you like? One, two, or three? Yep. Uh, do they all look crappy? Uh, is there one more favorable for the Jags? Just what are your thoughts on it? For so sure. uh, if you take a look at it, what do you think? Uh, why did you do the schedule? You you looked like you were heavy. Home. <laughs> no, I was uh, stressing. In, in early. I was stressing because. You were totally guessing. Well, yeah, I was guessing. Oh, by the way, it's a computer. It's like trying to win the lottery. Of course. Well, what ended up happening was I had to jot down my B facts, so I deleted the old um, what I said. <laughs> so then I had to redo it again. So that's Wait why I was stressing. Because the murder hornets killed. Yeah. Austin schedule, dude. It's a real thing, man. What did you What did you write it on or type it up on? A computer, like Word. Uh, no, my my email. Like, so what oh, I do okay. during the show is I'll go to my email and then I'll like I'll get a draft and that's how I read for the show. Okay, Guess never mind. I was gonna say because you could just control uh, Z or undo until. Hey, 
Hey, man, ask a lot of me right now, right? Right? Like, come on. Look, look who you're talking to here. Um, so with that being said, yeah, I didn't really put a lot of time and effort into it. No, I just want to make sure that I didn't, like, mess up too bad. It's pretty obvious, though, because the football, National Football League doesn't put a lot of time and effort into Jacksonville's schedule anyway. It's a good point, right? So here's what I envision, though. I have the Week 9 bye because I think Florida Georgia could be around that time. So they give the Jaguars the Week 9 bye. Absolutely. So there. You almost so, have to do that. So I did my due diligence, so you're welcome. Um, but, yeah, besides that, I was just... I, I guessed. You, well, of course, we're all guessing. Do do That's to, the nature of this. What do you want me to say? I spent zero effort. I just kind of put teams together, and I and I, I want to see Green Bay with maybe a little snow on the ground there. That um, that well, that's what I did in the first part. I want Green Bay well, at the on, latter part, right? Yeah, you, you want the hardcore. We want right. to eat and kill bosses when it's twenty below out. So here's what I did. Uh, you got a nice mix of of home and away. Uh, you get a couple of. Uh, AFC South games in the first half of the year. That's been historically the way they've done it. Usually yep. one in the first month and then two by the halfway point of mm-hmm. the season. And then it is backloaded to begin with anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried not to go too heavy. Two home games, or I mean three home games or three away games in a row on the left-hand side. And you finish with a couple of uh, division games because those are the important games. Well, option two is, is your schedule. Yeah. And you went front-loaded heavy at home. I mean, big time at home. Big time at Six home. Six out of the first eight games. Yeah. And you can argue because, hey, it's Florida. Things have opened up. We're going to play everything down there. That's what I was thinking. Very really interesting. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, now, that road schedule could be a beast. Well, and I'm, I'm going to be honest. I didn't know I had six of the first eight games at home. But <laughs> Now that I see it, I don't like that, but okay, let's keep going. Well, but this is good for what the exercise is. Sure. Because this gives the chance of the Jags to play at home and get off to a quick start. Would yeah. that be good? The question is, is it's ideal schedule? Correct. You can kind of have fun with it. Yeah. So I don't mind what you did there. Shock my schedule, Brent. Keep going. I love it. And then option three is, we got word, at least, uh, that John Clayton reported mm-hmm. here today or the last couple of days that... You're going to play the other conference early on the first month of the year. So we did it that way. Well, what does it look like if the Jags play the NFC North in the first four games of the year? And I believe the thinking would be, and I didn't hear John Clayton talk about this, but I believe the thinking would say, well, we're going to do it that way because if we had to cancel or squeeze the season, those are the least important games from tiebreakers and everything else. Yeah. That makes sense? Correct. Well, what that does is it really backloads the schedule with divisional games. And so in option number three, if you believe in the backloading of the schedule in divisional games, well, you have five out of your last eight games against divisional opponents. Yep. And there are some people that say that's going to happen. I've heard mixed reviews on that, but we'll see. Uh, because I believe they're going to get all 16 in one way or another. I think there's a better chance they delay the season at some point mm-hmm. uh, to get all 16 in. But I understand the logic in doing that. So uh, take a look at it. You have all night to to figure it out. Yeah. We'll go back to it tomorrow. Oh, I, and, I don't want to go back to mine. <laughs> and and we'll bad. see uh, We'll see what we get. Can you edit mine, please? I don't want to have six out of eight the first home game. Whatever. Send me your new one. We'll, we'll get no, it. No, it's fine. I don't no, care. we're not doing that. He's on. Listen, he you, won the day with you bees. Have, you have two of them. He won the day with bees. Who's soft right now? And primetime games. Who, who's soft right now, though? Who's getting a little offended? I'm going to change my schedule. Well, you're soft right now because you're going to lose. <laughs> Is there, yeah. is there a winner in this? Schedule's out tomorrow. Can't it's wait cold. for it. Why don't we predict the preseason games? Maybe we'll do that tomorrow. <laughs> hey, uh, we'll see you on TV tonight, by the way. CBS 47 and Fox 30. Thanks for hanging with us on ESPN 690. 
everybody, this is Brett Martineau. If you're usually listening to ESPN 690 in your car, we appreciate it. But your boss says you're working from home this week, so take us with you. Your smart speaker brings ESPN 690 into your home office. Tell your Amazon Echo or Google Home to play ESPN 690. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.